Gera can hit them. Did oh, what a goal by Zoltan Gera! And still Baptista, yes! It's Kamai, it's fantastic! One from David Villa, great finish! Done just that he scored! Jorginho's done it! Jakubu making another glimpse of goal here! That is terrific! Hello and welcome to the Streets Don't Forget podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mountney, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host. First up, the man who some claim gave Ronaldo the power cut. It's Ben Woolley. <laughs> These get better every week. <laughs> to be fair, I, I trust his fair haircut ability to that standard. <laughs> We've, we've seen him when he dyes his hair. I don't trust him with a bit of hair. <laughs> hey, there's, there's no need to bring that up in public. <laughs> <laughs> and as you've already heard, I am joined by a man who has been dropped to the Reserves Won't Forget podcast this week after turning up 45 <laughs> minutes late to this recording session. It's Harry Martinez. Ooh, Where have you been? Uh, Where have you been? I was... I played the first half at the wrong teammate. No. Oh, bloody hell. Where have you been? <laughs> I was lost in Brecon, if, if you really want to know. I was lost in Brecon, wondering where my next meal was coming it's from. It's unacceptable. Don't you think both of us and the listeners deserve an apology? I bet you were playing golf somewhere, weren't you? No, I was not. I was not. I was walking. We deserve an apology. Are you can, Yeah. I apologise to you too. Good. The listeners, it comes at the same time every week, so you're all right. Apologies <laughs> you not accepted your <laughs> But do you not think they'd be upset knowing you prioritise something else over recording this podcast that they love so much? Um, no. Right, that's, that's, really. that's what he thinks of you listeners. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. I'd boycott the podcast personally if I was you. <laughs> Well, boys, we have a big week this week. We've got a very special episode. But before we, we start, do. I think you've got something for us, Ben, haven't you? I do. I've got a little quick something. What's a question for you, boys? Okay. What's the most you've ever paid for a football ticket? Ooh. Ooh. I think about 60 quid. Yeah, I was expecting around that. Harry? I think it was 30. He's only ever been seen, Norwich. Yeah, very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing a little, little looking around. I think it was on Twitter the other week. And I found the most expensive football ticket ever bought. Oh, God. Do you want to have a guess oh, at how much this cost in pounds? Uh, well, what my uh, thinking is... Is this including corporate or not? It's it's a little bit of a special one. It's not like a regular match day. Right, okay. Right. It's going to be like the King of Brunei versus someone else. <laughs> it's going to be like 50k. Well, I'm going to go 50k. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go more than that. I'm going to go like 500k. Well, you might remember that Cristiano Ronaldo's new team played a friendly against PSG earlier this season. Yep. And as part of a charity auction, uh, a Saudi businessman paid £2.2 million pounds oh, my word. for a matchday ticket. I really um, hope he was sat behind the pillars or something. Like. Little, he's got a restricted view ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I did a little digging on what this ticket gets you. And he's basically been like, you know they have the children as the mascots? He's been a mascot. Yeah. He's basically done this for the day because it was a VIP ticket in big inverted commas. Right. And he got like a, a quite a nice seat, I guess, as you would for two million quid. But... He got to meet the players and have like a signing session with them and a couple of photos taken. I thought you can get that done for 200 quid. Like, Literally, mate. 2.2 million. 
I guess if, I'm, if I'm buying a seat for 2.2 million, it should come with a car. It was part of a charity auction in his defense, so fair enough, fair play to him. But someone else paid even more to have a dinner with some of the players from both teams. He paid four million pounds. Please tell me he was outrageous. a dinner as well. He just sat at Toby Carvery with Neymar and Ronaldo. This, this has spawned an idea, and I think we should genuinely do this. We should pay to get an advertising board at like a lower league football club to advertise the podcast. Oh, we absolutely should. How good would that be? <laughs> Can you imagine? It's just, if you're, it's just our faces you're on the board. a lower league team and you're listening to this podcast, if you want to drop us an email with your costs, yeah, if you listen to the whole season through and can prove it, we'll invite you for a puck of pie. <laughs> well, you'll get to play... This This ties in quite nicely to my next point. You'll get to play a game of Bald and Relegated with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, what game. Classic pub games. Now, connected with this, I have found someone has put together what might be the best bald football team ever assembled. I'm sorry, I want to. I need to and preface I, this now. If if the midfield duo is not Gravison and Carsley, then this is, this, this is a joke. Day. Oh, this isn't even streets where I forget. This team is actually just class. Uh, until you get to the goalkeeper. Right. Who is the key? Tim Howard, Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel. Pepe Reina. <laughs> One of these players is not like the others. That is an unreal team, by the way. I'd also argue, looking it at is. some of those players, they technically have hair. Ooh. I mean, I'm... I'm not sure that's a conversation I want to have with the likes of Clarence. Yeah, but look at Yaya, Yaya Torre in this picture absolutely has hair. And I'd argue Zidane has got some hair as well. I don't know. He's, he screams bald to me, mate. It is an unreal team. Also, R9 definitely had hair. Yeah, we know. Ben gave him the power cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one has been paired up against a team with probably too much hair. And I'm curious which of the two we think is going to win. The Muller 11. You joke. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, these are two Ooh. fantastic. Oh, sorry, guys. sorry. Oh. You said, oh, sorry yeah, for you ladies said one in of there. these like the other for ladies in there. Yeah, mate. So both yeah. of the, the thing with this is that both of these teams have like a a wild card. <laughs> so the Baldies <laughs> have got Pepe Reina. I uh, definitely think Pepe Reina is a better choice over Fellaini, mate. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. The Afro XI has Mario and Fellaini. So we've got the likes of Ronaldo, Henri, Zidane, Maradona. Valderrama, Socrates. Can I just point something out? If these teams faced off, Trent is having to defend against Thierry Omri. That is a that is yeah, a massacre. Yeah. That is a massacre. Trent is fighting for his life. <laughs> yeah, Baldi's winning this. I think the Baldi. Oh, I don't know that midfield, apart from Fellaini and maybe Valderrama, is looking a bit spicy. Hullet, Socrates, and Maradona. Yeah, but then put that put that midfield against Yayatori, Sadoff, and Zidane, mate. Also, could they not have swapped? Like, could they not have put Rijkaard in midfield instead of Fellaini and found another manager with a load of hair? No, but that's the secret weapon. He subbed himself on at <laughs> half time. Why does Maradona look like Colombo? Yeah, so much like Peter Falk. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, Harry, you've got something for us as well, am I right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're sticking about the uh, fat corner, but we're kind of deviating a little bit. Weirdest teammates you never knew about. It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. And uh, I'm going to start us off with... Even Rakitic and Mesut Ozil. Yeah, teammates. Teammates at uh, Schalke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hyungmin Son and Ruud van Nistelrooy. Hamburg. Hamburg, yeah, well done. David, Alaba and Roberto Firmino. Hoffenheim. Yeah. Yeah, Pep Guardiola and Cafu. Roma. Roma, yeah. 
Oh, um, these are easy. Come on. Alexis Sanchez and Falco. You don't know. River Plate. River Plate, yeah, well in. Well, this one's easy as well. Mika Richards and Mo Salah. No, Fiorentina. No? Oh, Fiorentina. Fiorentina. Come on, man. Uh, oh, boo. At least it's Kaka. Here's uh, one for the streets we'll forget. Kaka and Adele Tarapt. It was definitely not Church. <laughs> it's QPR, mate. Oh, that's got to be AC Milan, yeah? Yeah. It is AC Milan, is yeah. AC Milan. Uh, Eden Hazard and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Lille. Yes. Uh, Di Maria and Freddie Adu. Benfica. It is Benfica, yeah. This one I'm not actually too sure on. Jano Black and uh, Edison. That's Benfica as well. Is it? Well, no, there you I'm are. A, That's imagine all having one of those as a backup keeper. I know. Isn't that crazy? Imagine going through your youth system and going, oh, we might need a keeper. Who have we got? Jano Black or Edison? Oh, let's go spend 60 mil on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fact. I'm talking about facts. I think it's time to get on with a very special episode. And I say an episode, it is the first of three parts. Uh, this this has been just been top secret. The, the Streets Won't Forget Council has been meeting in secret to devise the ultimate test to find the newest Hall of Fame members. Wooly and I weren't even part of this meeting. That's no, no, this was. has been top you, secret. You know it's a weird episode because normally we do like a little bit of research on the players. We bring in I've done absolutely nothing for this. Nope. <laughs> I am so... I have no idea what's going to happen. What's coming. I've brought a rubber dinghy and a frying pan, and that's all I've got equipped. <laughs> that's all you need when you're lost in the Brecon Beacons. <laughs> <laughs> well, teams from all over the world have, have entered our little test. Only one can win, and this is inspired by Nike's secret tournament from 2002. I present to you... The streets won't forget secret tournament. Ooh. We have eight teams consisting of three players each. And uh, they have been randomly drawn against each other. Uh, and this is going to be the quarterfinal stage. Uh, they're going to face off and we're going to decide which team would, we think would win. And then the teams that win progress to the semi-finals, which we'll do next week before the final in part three. But how, how are we deciding they win? Are we are we saying they win because they're more streets will forget, or they win in because of their football ability? Your ability, I think, is how we do okay, this. Okay, okay. And okay. also, we will be putting out polls on Twitter so you can have your say as to who would win each fixture. Um, so keep an eye out for those over on Twitter and on Spotify as well. We'll add a little poll under each episode. So bit that you're excited for are we ready for the teams and the fixtures yes so in the quarterfinals high number one we have the visionarios is johan gorkov samir nazri and musa dembele Ooh, and they take on and i think these are probably gonna be one of the favorites to win this whole thing here the one touchables is alvaro ricoba andre arshavin and dimitar berbatov these are two fantastic that names, is, by the way. Very well. Well, you'll like the next one. I think this is probably the funniest name. Quarterfinal number two is the Dead Ballers, which is Morton Gamps Pedersen, Janinio, Dimitri Payet. <laughs> well, I know why he's done this as well, so that you can try and string Janinio in. And they face off against the Tynesiders, which is Johan Kabai, Hatam Ben Arfa, and Demba Bar. Oh, that's a. Streets won't forget. Legend. Now, these, I think these two teams you're about to hear also would have been up there with the favourites. But one of them is going to go home today because of the randomly drawn quarterfinals. Uh, tie number three is this time for Africa. 
which is Yakubu, JJ Okocha, and Kevin Prince Boateng. Oh, I love Absolute that. baller of a and team. And they though. face off against Los Magos, the magicians of Pablo Imar, Diego Forlan, and Johan Captavia. Oh, my that's, word. That's a juicy Yeah, I think draw, that's a, that is a big game. That is a big game. And the final quarterfinal sees Meninos do Samba, which is Luis Fabiano, David Luiz, and Giovanni. And they take on the Trapaceros, the tricksters. Matias Fernandez, Yannick Balassi, and Ricardo Caresma. Oh, what a team that is! Ironically, yeah. that is actually a baller. Of just a team so you well. can remember, they're all in the all in the chat for you, uh, so you can Thanks. you can see. So, shall we start? I was really hoping you were going to just have a team of goalkeepers and just be like, <laughs> they're just going to stand. In a... <laughs> I've, I've tried to do this like a fairly even ability level for all teams. No, I think it is. Yeah, so we, we shall see how this goes. We will start with quarterfinal number one, which is the Visionarios. It's the one touchables. Oh, this is a this is an interesting one. This is a tough one because I feel like the one touchables, the ability slightly let down by Andre Arshavin, although he was a class oh, player. Come on, have a word. Don't mate, you're comparing him to Rakova and Berbatov. He's not up to that you're level. Comparing him to Samir Nasri and Musa Dembele, mate. But on the other side, I don't think Gorkuf is as technically gifted as Samir. Oh, Nasri I don't know. Gorkuf in his prime, the Bordeaux days. Oh. Who's getting competitive? Yeah, the matchup is going to be the Visionarios keep the ball for like 80% of the match, but you give the ball to the one touchables for even a second and it's a shot on goal. But Moussa Dembele was great at winning the ball back and he was class on the ball. Can I just say, Dembele is probably the only person running during this match. Oh, yeah, I'm... literally. I think Bobatov's he is. outside that goal. The entire... Does Dembele's... Arshavin can move. Does Dembele's, like, powerhouse ability... I know it's obviously a three-a-side smaller game, but does his work rate and his, his power, dynamic? Does that give Vision Arios the edge? Oh, yeah, is he dynamic enough? But then you've got... I, that's the only thing. Otherwise, looking at these names, you'd go... I'd say that Rakoba, Berbatov and Arshavin are better, but yeah. Dembele was just really good and on a small pitch it'd be even better this is a tough one but the thing is all you have to do is the one touchables you get that ball to Berbatov and it's a goal like there's no doubt about it the man's even Rakoba mate Rakoba was was an unreal player so it's going to come down to can Arshavin keep the ball away from Dembele long enough to set up a goal it's going to be incredible because I reckon Berbatov is one of the only people in well, maybe maybe a couple of others, but Berbatov in this matchup certainly is probably the only player that's going to have space every time someone finds him. Mm. I I personally give this to the one touchables. Yeah, I think they, I am leaving that way. In a small sided game, they've got way too much technical ability in their team to to be dealt with. It's so tough. It's only going to be three versus two because Nasri's going to be too busy getting a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. so, but we're actually <laughs> the one touchables go through because the Vision Iris have been banned from the tournament because Sammy Nasri's wearing a snood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm voting for the one touchables as well. Yeah, I okay, think I am. So as well. our first semi finalist are the one touchables: Rakoba, Berbatov, and Arshavin. That's a t- that was a tough. That one match. was tough, but I think they're going to get tougher. So quarterfinal number two is the Dead Ballers: Morton Gamps, Pedersen. Julio and Dimitri Pye against the Tynesiders of Kabai, Ben Arthur and Demba Bar. Does 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 the Newcastle chemistry of the Tynesiders the edge here? There is that where you think they're they're gonna be more in sync, aren't they? Yeah. I I'm not being funny, I think Pye is just running the game. You reckon? 
Yeah, that man's getting clattered by Kabai every time it, he gets him again. Him against Ben Arthur is a battle for the ages on the three-side pitch, by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, Kabai is probably the more defense, defensively solid player here, so they might be conceding less, but... And I guess they've, they're the only one with an out-and-out striker. <laughs> so... yeah, is there an element where the best attributes of the dead ballers, I guess, aren't wasted, but are more nullified here? Yeah. Compared to a yeah. game, because you look at those three, Janino, like you give this team a free kick and it's going. Yeah, in. but yeah, it's not going to be as helpful in a three-a-side game. No, and the thing is, Janino was still a very good player without oh, his free kicks. But then Denver Bar and Kabai is st- is stable. I'm assuming we're picking these players at their peak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not having Denver Bar when he was in <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> The thing is, is Demba Bar no. a pro or a con being like a pure out-and-out striker and a pure finisher? Uh, is, he, is he offering enough, or is his ability as the only out-and-out striker on the pitch uh, an advantage? Well, you look at the dead ballers, and it's a very flashy team, isn't it? Like, There's a lot of technical ability. That's what there. I'm saying, but However, the other team will get work done. The Tyneside is so balanced, because you've got Kabai doing the defensive work. Bar can just sit up front and wait for a decent ball in. Ben Arthur's kind of free to do what he wants in that midfield. So, it's How good would Ben Arthur be in a three-a-side match? Because obviously in an 11-a-side, he was classing spells where he had the ball and was able to run at people. That's all he's going to do in this game. Well, what more do you want him to do, really? And you look at the players That's what I mean. That. It's not like he's running at a stalwart CDM. Oh, no. Morton Gans Pedersen is the only one doing any kind of defending in this team. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest, it's not exactly his strong side. No. Oh. I'm going Tynesiders. Ooh. Ooh. I'm it going Tynesiders. Like, it feels like a disservice. Because you look at that team and I'm like... I, I, yeah, yeah, that team should be winning all day. Legend. Janinho would be turning him down at his second time of asking, which would be utterly hilarious. And then Dimi Pyatt's obviously just a baller. I mean, Dimi Pyatt is almost the king of streets, we'll forget. But, I mean, that's the thing. You talk If you're talking about which team is streets, we'll forget, you're going dead ballers all day. They're winning everything. Oh, yeah. But who's winning the match? I'm going Tynesiders. Yeah, the thing is, I reckon that dead ballers lineup is maybe my second favourite on this list. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't think you two would be happy with that. I'm going to be honest. I, it's hyper specialized. Like it, they match the name. Like any kind of dead ball scenario is a goal. They're scoring. This team yeah. would probably score from corners and goal kicks. I'm glad like, you've enjoyed the names. It took me a long time to come up with them. I'm going to be honest. Oh, they're very good. <laughs> and it, it's been I'm not going to lie. I did nick. I did nick some of them from the original Nike Secret Tournament, but we won't talk about that. I was going to say, did you start with the names and work backwards? <laughs> yes, I did. I was going to say, there's no way you've gone to the extent of translating some of them. <laughs> no, I did. Some of them are translated, probably poorly translated. Uh, anyway, so I re- my head wants to vote for the Tynesiders. I think they win the game. If we're going pure streets, won't forget it would be the dead ballers. Yeah, I agree with you there. But you put them up against each other, I think the Tynesiders are winning. I agree. Especially I considering Johan Kabai's best quite, I, I thought, I'm not going to lie, I thought you'd be voting the Tynesiders out straight away. And don't forget, Denver Bar in his peak was really good. The, the, the thing is, have the Tynesiders got a lucky draw here? Because I feel like if they come up against any other team, they're probably good. Uh, yeah, they're out. Yeah, I agree. I, they're kind of like a dark horse though because they have got that Stability. They're not the flashiest. They're just going to play. Yeah. A bit like if they had Moussa Dembele in there, they'd run it. 
They'd run this. But unfortunately, he never played for Newcastle, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Might have oh, what, uh, well, I couldn't have done it because Tarapson voted in, but imagine if I could have done a Fulham team of Berbatov, Tarapton, and Moussa Dembele. Oh, old Brian Ruiz. I'll have mate. a word. Right. Right. You've ruined it. Right. The, ti- the Tide <laughs> Siders are through. Get him and Brett Hangeland in. The Tide Siders are through to the semi-finals, and their, their opponent will be decided yeah. again via random draw next week. Um... Oh, we go on to quarterfinal number three. This is a big one. I think this is the biggest one. It is this time for Africa. Yakubu, JJ Kocha, and Kevin Prince Boateng against Los Magos, the magicians, Pablo Aymar, Diego Forlan, and Juan Captavia. Now this, this time for Africa, is my favourite three. Pure vibes. Yeah. Vibes, players. But they've got the ability to back up oh, some yeah. vibes. Because, as yeah. we all know, if you feed the yak... He will score. And Do you if know what? Two players to get service from. Holy <laughs> to their two here. I almost this is gonna this is gonna be a rogue something very rogue. But in a three v three situation, you've got a man built like Yak. You are sticking him in centre defence when they've got the ball because they are not getting past him. This is tough because they are balanced in the sense that Kevin Prince Boateng can run a lot and can put in a good tackle. Yakubu's he, obviously just he's big. Incredibly skillful on the ball. But the other team actually has a defender. Say to you. I think having Captavia gives gives Los Magos an Balances that team. Pablo Aymar, another one that will just Imar, find space. Aymar's probably one of the most underrated players ever. Like he he was outrageous oh, yeah, on his day. And Forlan as well. You've got guaranteed goals. Are they using? If, are they using the Giuliani? <laughs> yeah, if they're using the Giuliani, then the, the ball is unconfirmed. Won, but... but I think this team has the perfect balance. Like it has the defensive capability, the creativity, and the goal scorer. I think. I think a lot of those teams. It's everything don't we were saying this. about for the time side is just better. At yeah, much everything. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, oh, if no. I'm honest with you, one of my favorite of all-time players is JJ Okocha. I think he is. Ah, oh, he was just a joy to watch. So nice to name him twice, mate. Like... Exactly, mate. Yakubu is a goat, mate. He like, is so good. He is the goat. He he's good. He's good. He does, in this three v three situation, he's gonna be good up top and good in defence. Like, there's no way you're getting round him. He's just he just like, smashes into the wall. You send him after Forland. Forland's getting bodied. That's what I mean. And Forland doesn't move. In the original move. tournament, there was obviously a roof on the cage. Does that nullify Okocha's use of the rainbow flick? How low is the roof? Well, <laughs> I reckon he was so good he could rainbow through your legs. Like oh, he's that good. Playing in a basement, are we? It's going to be a fairly <laughs> sizable. It's not five foot two ceilings. Yakubu's <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, playing at a crouch, mate. So. <laughs> he's playing yeah. lying down, mate. He's, he's just salamandering across this, the floor. I think there's a case here of you know we were saying the dead ballers were kind of a rough matchup. They got a rough draw because the time siders they're not. They great. got the chemistry. I think this is a case of it's that thing again where it's the perfectly balanced team, but the team they're up against here is so much better. I think IMR and Forlan are just going to run right. I'm going to be honest. Without any defender and the like, the vibes and the skill of Boateng and Okocha, like they're not going to stick in the system and play where they should play, are they? They're not. But you've then got Captavia running around desperately trying to catch him up. He's also got a class left foot. had a wonderful left foot as well. He had an absolute yeah. wondrous left foot. It's not going to help, though, if he can't get the ball off Okocha and Boateng. I, uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this time for Africa is winning this. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I just think they got too much quality. I I, I, I love this time for Africa. I think it's a great team with just so many good vibes. But I think Los Magos is just way too balanced and way too good. I'm going to go with, with the Magicians. It's another one of these. I want both of these teams to go through. Because I want to see what that three of Imar, Forlan and Captavia do on a pitch. It would be beautiful. However. No! No! The favourites are going to go early doors! I think this time for Africa's got too much in their locker. I think their perfectly balanced team is going to turn into Forlan not moving anywhere. Yeah. Imar not helping out much. And Captavia sticking on the left wing. (laughs) And Captavia desperately trying to get the ball off of Kotra and Boateng who just keep Flicking it forward to Yakubu. Yeah, I'm. I'm going. Yeah, I'm I'd... going this time for Africa as well. Oh my god, that is an upset! <laughs> oh, last minute penalty for Africa. That is, <laughs> Don't give it to Asamoah Gyan. <laughs> oh, I thought the magicians were like straight up going to win this easy. That's such a good team. I it think is. if it was, if we were playing a more balanced, say like five v five. Yeah, you'd want yeah, the agree. more balanced setup, but this is like. Pure Samba style street ball, mate. Yeah. If Lofts Magos were up against the dead ballers, I think they're through. And if even if they came up against the Tynesiders, I think they might yeah, be Yeah, I through, think but... Lost Magos would have won every single matchup so far. You, you two are just going to vote this time for Africa to win the whole thing, aren't you? I know how this goes for you two. <laughs> Look, mate, you've given us a three that is just absolute heritage stuff. However, I, I think there's better at what they do on this, on this list. Maybe, because I I think I know who you're talking about. But we'll get there when we get there. Okay. Oh, and also, I've forgotten something important. You know in the original Nike advert, they had Eric Cantona as the referee, and he was on the roof. Yes, (laughs) yes. Our referee, as nominated by the Streets Don't Forget Council, is Emmanuel Abue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, the dead ballers are getting nothing then. The one that are Well, that was a big upset. That was a huge upset. Well, we have another upset in the quarterfinals. We shall see. The last quarterfinal is the Brazilians of Meninos do Samba, which is Luis Fabiano, David Luiz and Giovanni, against the Trapaceros, which translates as tricksters from Portuguese, is Matias Fernandes, Yannick Balassi and Ricardo Caresma. This is a ridiculous game. This is crazy. You know that um, Brazil advert where they're playing... They're in the airport, yeah. This is all this game is going to be. Like, just constantly... Oh, I flicked it to someone I didn't even know was there, and he's gone over my head. I don't even know where the ball is, and I'm 2-0 down. Oh, this is tough. The thing is, I think if there's anyone else in that Trapaceros team, apart from Charisma, I'd back it. I just like, don't... Not, rate, not rating Charisma? I don't rate Charisma, mate, nah. No. As a player, not really. In a three he's side. Yeah, he's not in there to be a balanced player. He's in there because he can dribble really well, <laughs> I just think Balassi's way better than him in this. But he doesn't have to be better than him. They're playing together. Yeah, but I don't think he's getting past David Luiz, mate. Also, Matias Fernandez. I don't know how many people remember Matias Fernandez. You know about the, is this Fiorentina, Fiorentina one? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy was outrageously skillful. Like, I had to put oh, him in. Yeah. Here. If, if if you've never seen or heard of Matias Fernandez, get on YouTube right now. Like the guy was a joke. Yeah, he was class. He was he was this one of those he was one of those talented players who like you could tell he was never going to do anything with his career, but when he was on it, he was on it. Wow, he only retired last year. Did he? Wow. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be fresh, mate. He's, <laughs> he's fresh. <laughs> How long's Fabiano been retired? Like, 37. <laughs> 37. This is a tough one because 
I think David Luiz is going to be really good in 3v3 because he's great, he's good on the ball. He can absolutely smack it. And he loves to put a big challenge in, especially with a buoy as ref. He's just two-footing people and getting away One with One thing with David Luiz is he liked a mistake at the back. If you're giving the ball away and threw a side at the back, you are conceding. Like, there's yeah, but no... I think Crespo gives the ball away a lot as well. Balassi does because he's going to try and f- rainbow flick as well. So. <laughs> I was going to say, the issue Trapaceros have got, is, is anyone in this team actually going to pass to each other? That's very true. Because mm. they're all going to want to take a man this off. Is t- good. Giov- we haven't spoken about Giovanni in this game, but... He he can do what Charisma can do. I think. I think they nullify each other there. He's. I think the like obviously Giovanni's fantastic. Fabiano's player. David Luiz is like the the linchpin here. He's the only one of his playing the pivot. Yeah, playing the pivot. Because I think if you didn't have him in there and it was just a straight dribbling contest, I'd probably go Trapaceros. But does does having David Luiz give them enough of a a presence to disrupt what they We've also not considered Luis Fabiano in this because when, when you think of goal scorers for the mid to late 2000s, very few better than Luis Fabiano. Him and Canute up front for Sevilla. The only other one I can think of around that time that goes underrated would be Pauletta, who was also a baller. Yeah, and they were very similar and they just stick themselves up top and yeah, get a Fabiano goal. Fabiano for Sevilla was some player. And I think, he I was think good. considering his skill as well on the ball he'd be good in this and he's going to get you a goal do you know what I'm actually I, I'm going to I'm going to say that Trapeceras win this Ooh. oh yeah I think Matias Fernandez has got an eye for a pass and I think yeah. Balassi can beat anyone in that team I'm going to go for Meninos to Samba oh I get the deciding vote a tough yeah, lineup. I this I think them having a couple of different Options in that team, roles, more defensive, yeah. having Louise, good goal scorer. It means Giovanni can do what he wants, and they're not going to get in each other's way like Trapaceros are. I think Ooh. they stick Fernandez through the middle, and Balassi and Kresba just stick themselves out wide. So it all comes down to Daniel then. Mm. Tough one, this. I understand what you're saying about Meninos to Samba being more balanced and having a defender. But let's be honest, David Louise. David Luiz was not, was not remembered for actually being a good defender, and I think against Balassi and Charisma, he is going to get exposed. Yeah, he's getting time apart. And Fernandez, Balassi, and Charisma, I just would love to see the three of them in their prime play together because that is going to be so much fun to watch. So I'm going to vote for Trapaceros. Oh, I, I don't know. I think they'd get embarrassed in a three-side game. I think they'd be they'd turn up. Yeah, it's a little cage, mate. David Luiz doesn't have to worry about balls over the top that he's. Yeah, but he is getting nutmegged. He's absolutely getting nutmegged. He is. Out of the ones that have been voted out, who do you think wins? Um, Los Magos. Los yeah, Magos. absolutely. I think the Visionarios do. You reckon? Yeah, mate, I do. I, I thought I, I, I genuinely had Los Magos down as the favourites. Los Magos do every. Well, have you been taking bets on this? <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to request a bet. <laughs> Request about cut the VR over one and a half shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, we heard, um, Harry, you said about JJ Okocha. Dan, who's your favorite player on this? Ooh, list? that's a Great good question. question. Mm. I mean, there's so it's many obviously, Janidia, it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, sorry, let me rephrase who's your favorite player that's actually getting in the Hall of Fame. <sighs> I really want to say Pablo Aymar. You do like Pablo Aymar a lot. I mean, that whole team 
each one of those players you could say is your favourite player. I, I just remember oh, yeah. watching a lot of Spanish football as a kid, like because I just loved Raquel May, and there was people ITV nights, yeah, and there was people like Imar, and you just like this guy's a joke, like. I would have loved to have seen him play in England. He was insanely good. Do you remember Cap de Vier at 2008 Euros? Oh, mate, unreal. I mean, the, the fact he got replaced by Jordi Alba says so, a lot to the man. He's one of the most underrated players of all time, Cap de Vier. Like, Literally, mate, so him, good. He was a quality oh, yeah. player. I, the, the thing is, is, I think if Moussa Dembele didn't play for Spurs, I think you two would probably have him a lot higher. I mean, it says a lot he's got oh, no, into this, yeah. considering he's, he played for he's Spurs. He's up there. Like, he's he is unreal. He's one of the few Spurs players that I respect and genuinely oh, right, he's unreal and he had the misfortune of being in the Belgium golden generation yeah that's very oh, true not the golden yeah. generation I say JJ O'Cotton is also Rakoba who oh man I loved watching anyone Rikoba who doesn't Rikoba. know about Rakoba go and watch his debut because he made his debut the oh, same unreal, game as, as R9 and it was obviously everyone wants to see Ronaldo but Rakoba came on and won the game on his own like it was that good yeah mate unreal yeah, player incredible I mean, that whole team is... Dimitar Pervitov, again, one of my favourite players. Dimi Payet has got to be up there. I think if Dimi, when Dimi Payet retires, I think a lot of people would start going, what Yeah, player. He's not He's not my favourite. Oh, sorry, no. He's not the best player on this, this list, but he is my favourite in big Kevin Prince-Boteng. Yeah, you love it's a bit you've of got Kevin a signed shirt. I love watching him play. Yeah, but that's why I got the shirt. You know, the funny thing is, I've got a signed shirt by J.J. Okocha as well. <laughs> All I can think of, him and that... That Milan kit, like just spinning ridiculous shots. I mean, it's that little that goal little against Barca. Back heel chop to score that. Oh yeah. man, that back heel chop is unreal. He's just you. Every time he gets on the ball, I genuinely don't know what he's doing next. I, just I don't think he does. He was just such a fun player to watch. I can imagine an absolute nightmare to Mark as well. I also think Yannick Balassi gets a lot of pelters because of the fact he went to Palace and you know he came from. Non-league, yeah, like not. You wouldn't remember him as one of the best players ever, but in terms of being on the ball, the man him, was him unreal. and Zaha on opposite wings of Palace. <laughs> oh man, that was unreal. an that was an area to be there for like seriously. Wait, where the Palace keep finding them? Like Michael mm. Elise is also yeah, Eze, a baller. Yeah. Eze, Eze's unreal. Do you imagine being a defender and you're being like, oh god, what am I in for this week? And you see that it's Balassi going and on. Send like, me oh, on. It's all right. I'll just like pull my hammy twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the worst thing is because one year you can go finally they got rid of Balassi and then out comes Elise and Eze. You're like, oh, there's two of them now. Great, you're getting thanks. rinsed against those two as a fullback. Like you're in big trouble. Look, but there's there's one man we've forgotten. It's the only man who could score four goals in one game, then go do four courses after the match. Because I love that Arshavin's included in this. The, the thing He's is, just such a as an Arsenal player. fan towards the end, I absolutely despised him. But at the same time, I do just. Oh, love he wasn't him. great, mate. Oh come on! He wasn't when he great. first rocked up, like he was booing. class. You can't yeah. help but love him. I mean, he streets won't forget for a lot of reasons. I think that's the thing. But like, he's got good footballing ability. He scored some great goals. Obviously, that flu game against. <laughs> I love uh, that Liverpool you call it the unreal. flu game. <laughs> the flu game. It's the flu game, mate. You can tell he was ill, definitely. He, mate, he's got to be in there for that game alone. Like, that is a joke of a performance. Go, going away to That's Anfield, saying, and banging I... four, and like two of them are proper good goals as well. He is still the worst player on this list. I'm going to say Arshavin's a little bit lost in that team, but still. <laughs> you look at the, some of the names on this list, and I'm like Diego Forlan, JJ Acocha, Andre Arshavin. Just I don't know. Are you, are you <laughs> pleased with these teams? Have I done a good job here? Oh yeah. I, I, 
fantastic thing, this. Yeah, mate, they're, they're suited well. At first, when because we had a little teaser off him last week, and he told us the Africa team. And at first, I thought maybe he was going to do it by continent or country. And then when you were with this, when you had the time side, I was like, Christ, it's getting niche for a Newcastle, that team is so street so forget They had to have yeah. a team in this. Like, I just love that it's, it's Newcastle versus Africa. What even fact. I can't believe I haven't gone with Gabriel Obertan, Mike Williams, and, uh, <laughs> and someone else. Colicini, come on. <laughs> I should have done the Afros. Oh, yeah. It should have been David Remy Luiz, and Valderrama. Also, <laughs> shout out Diego Forlan as well. I think a lot of people remember Forlan in English football for that awful spell with Man United, but he was a baller. Like, mm. Villarreal and Uruguay, that 2010 World Cup, joke of a player. Well, he was a baller at Athletic yeah, as like well, his wasn't he? Yeah, goal-scoring mm. record um, when he goes to Spain is nuts. And what he did in 2010 yeah, World he Cup He mastered alone, that mate. football, and he's probably about one of three people that did. Uh, incredible. Like, his goal-scoring record it just speaks for itself. 32, 32 goals in 33 league games. Athletic Madrid in 0809. Yeah, which is I, that's I unreal, isn't that. it? That's what I mean. Unreal player. I do also want to give a lovely little shout out to a Wembley legend in Morton <laughs> Gams. Oh, you, mate. So we, we need to discuss this actually. Morton Gams, Pedersen, and Wrexham. You are not a happy boy, are you? I'm really not. I think I just give it. us a bit He's, of context for anyone who doesn't. This know. whole Wrexham thing is kind just of give us some context for anyone that doesn't know what's going on. So. What do you want from the beginning or just from the beginning? From the beginning, you, you, you and Morton Gareth <laughs> Pedersen go a long way back. Well, we go a long way back. So, as has been mentioned before, I have an avid football manager fan, and uh, I was trawling through the dregs of English football looking for a new save, and I came across Wembley in like the fourteenth tier. Yeah, mate, way down. Amateur club. Like I could probably have gone down and got a game for them at this point. <laughs> uh, I start my save, and I'm. Just looking around trying to find someone like because I desperately need players and out of nowhere I see that someone's interested in joining the club and it's none other than like a 39 year old Morton Gams Pedersen he hasn't he's got still playing legs. by the way who is still playing his legs are completely gone he's willing to come over to Wembley and play for free I'm not entirely sure on the legality of the deal I gave him but I snapped him up Amateur contract, no one cares. Don't get hit with a points <laughs> deduction, you. And he, he ended up taking me... My, fa- my favourite thing about that was the fact that Morton Gams Patterson's stats were pretty dreadful because obviously he was 39, but he still had 20 free kick taken from and what was, I remember. He was by far the best player in my team. So I eventually ride his coattails all the way to the football league. You, before, yeah, hang before on, I didn't know this. You, you, he was with you all the way until the football league. How old was he? He had, he had him for about three or four... Mate... He, he had to he had to tell Swedish teams. Do you remember you had some Swedish teams coming in and you literally had to tell Morten Gams Pedersen to stop looking at Swedish teams? I got to, I think it was the <laughs> National League South. And they were like, hang on, this guy's pretty good. And he started getting actual <laughs> contract offers and I still had no money. So every time I was like, I kept offering him the same amateur contract with no <laughs> way. Going, yeah, right. he kept going, yeah, right. And he played... Uh... I think he had a £10 appearance fee or something like that <laughs> yeah. in the classroom on a Friday. A few seasons and joined me as a, a coach and I eventually had to let him go. But he would forever be one of those special players. That you Just find a little him. input here. This is, uh, this is the only story that rivals us of Woolies FN trolls is when he went to Ibiza and his assistant coach was <laughs> Peter Crouch and it was one of the greatest things ever. The best, the best night out. Of we should probably do an episode on our football <laughs> manager exploits because we've got some quite funny stories. Now we're like when oh, that Argentine God. bloke stole three million quid off me, <laughs> and I had a Bamiang score ninety four goals by Christmas. Yeah, so... we'll definitely do an episode on football manager because we've got some funny. <laughs> stories. stole money. He did. He nicked three million quid off me, but we're... <laughs> oh, <laughs> we can finally tell 
the fight me at training story as well. Then. Oh, oh yeah, fight me at yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wallacardi does his score. So I formed this close emotional attachment to him, only to have him stab me in the back <laughs> by deciding that he wants to go and play for Wrexham, who are the new Salford. Well, yeah, apparently Ryan Reynolds has hit him up and said, oh, do you fancy coming to play for Wrexham? And one for me, like, if you're paying £15 a ticket for a League 2 game and there's a chance you get to see a Morton Gams Pedersen left foot free kick, I don't care. I would pay any money to watch that. Like, I know I'm probably just a salty b- but <laughs> <laughs> why? Why does... Like, it's good for the people of Salford, but why does the BBC care? They're just another team who've got rich owners. They're like MK Dons, but flashy. Yeah, but they've given up with Salford now. They've now moved on to Wrexham. Yeah, it's like, have you seen that Toy Story it. meme where it's Andy dropping? It's like I'm done with you now. <laughs> yeah, I I probably win the league if I pay myself my striker seven k a week in non-league football. King Canavan. Quick message to Salford: Haven't been there. Worst stadium ever. Our date food, <laughs> and it is an, an oven because the whole thing is like corrugated sheet metal. <laughs> Sort it's it 26 degrees. Harry Neville, yeah, sort don't it go there on a hangover, ladies and gents. Muppet. It's not good. No, it's the worst away day we've ever had. Oh, oh mate, and we lost 2 0. <laughs> right, at least you got to see our only shot of the game. I was looking for a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You just went over the bar and oh. I was, you came back. He was like, Did I miss anything? I was like, Yeah, mate, we had a shot. Oh, and Dan had to do the player ratings. And who was it? Who's the left back you gave a zero? Oh, oh God, what was his name? Was it Jamie Field? Chris, it was Chris Stokes. Having watched the Wrexham documentary, I, I appreciate what Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are doing. You know, they have turned them yeah. into a money club. But the one thing you gather from it is they actually know very little about football. How in the f- <laughs> yeah. have they discovered that Morton Gamps Pedersen is still playing and want to sign in for Wrexham? It's not them that's done it, mate. It's someone else. They played. What they've done is they've just played golf with Gareth Bale to hit him up, and he's going. If you're looking for a good left peg, lads, I know a fella from uh, from the Scandinavian. Who's, who's recommending Morton Gamps Pedersen? Honestly, if that scout where's that, this come from? You should be like, I want this man fired immediately. But. I love what we love. We've never ever said on this podcast we're gonna we're gonna you know we're unbiased. We are literally whoever we hate, we hate, and that's how it works. It's like, I can appreciate that you know they look like they're actually interested and invested in the club beyond just giving them a massive budget three times out of anyone else. But I don't want to see their trophy parade on like BBC One. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, mate. I reckon if there was you know a team of Paul Mullen in this uh, in this little tournament, he'd gone to win it. As a Welshman, how do you feel about Wrexham? Genuinely, I mean, as a Welshman, it's it, there's a lot of divide between north and south, so it's quite in, a bit like in England. It's quite difficult to relate to Wrexham as a Welsh club, especially when they're in, you know, their their rivals now are Chester. So you know, are they Welsh? It's a bit like looking at Cardiff and Swansea as Welsh clubs. Like, yeah, but they don't play in the Welsh league. They're not Welsh clubs. Um, I don't think that that they won't do any they won't do anything for for Welsh football because a lot of their youth products will probably come from Liverpool. Um well we've gone quite off topic but we have uh, we have decided the semi-finalists for the streets won't forget secret tournament is the one touchables Tyne Siders, this time for Africa and the Trapaceros. We'll have a semi-finals 
next week. So uh, get excited for that. It's going to be some big games. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, boys. Thank you. Thank this you is why always. we need a quiz, though, because we did get slightly heated. I say we, me, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've unfortunately run out of time for the quiz. Uh, and we know it's a fan favourite, but we've, we've gone... Uh, we might do a quiz special anyway. Here. Well, we, we are, we are all going to meet up very soon. We are, and, uh, yes. We are, we are going to do a few in-person episodes, including a quiz special, so keep an eye out for that. We're coming very soon. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Gira can hit them. Did From David Villa, oh, great finish! He's done just that, he scored! Jorginho's done it! Yakubu making another glimpse of goal here! That is terrific! How was the break then, Steve? How was the bacon, did you say?